Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's BudPod 170. 170. That's plenty. <laughs> That's plenty episodes. Plenty of episodes. <laughs> It's plenty, if you ask me. <laughs> well, let me close my window because there are planes. Yes, amazing how audible they are, even though they are up in the sky, Philip. They're so far up. Um, and yet I can hear them. And yet you can hear them. Uh, I just quickly say thank you to all the podbuds who came to my previews so far in uh, Two North Down in London and King's Cross and in uh, Bill Murray as well. Hello, Koji. And also the podbuds who saw me in Preston. Um, I had to take a bunch of National Express coaches on a 25-hour oh, wow. round trip, Phil, to do my preview. No, no. <laughs> what? I'm I'm cheating a bit. I guess, I guess really it's a 19-hour round trip, but um, yeah. That was my Saturday. Oh, because of the train strikes? Yeah, yeah, the streaky strikes. Um, <sighs> so I had to get up at six to be the guest, one of the guest people, the guest person on Frank Skinner's radio show, which is good fun. Um, Great. And then that ended at 11. And then my National Express coach left Victoria t- uh, Coach Station in London at noon and got into Manchester at about half past five, 20 past five. Oh my, I want to yeah. be sick. I want to be sick. Five and a half hour coach. And I met up with comedian Eleanor Tiernan, who had landed there from a flight from Belfast. We rented a car from a stranger using an app. And then she very kindly <laughs> drove us to Preston, uh, where we did the gig in a sort of tent. And then we had to drive back from Preston to Manchester and then dick around for about an hour before the midnight to 6.30 a.m. coach back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Wow. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Oh god, I feel like I'm talking to someone who's just given birth. <laughs> Do we able were you able to sleep on the coach back that the midnight coach? No. <laughs> Cuz you're too big I for the seat. Don't fit. Um I will say I'm too big oh for the seats days. on National Express, but I'm much less too big than for a plane. Okay, okay. So better than a flight of the equivalent length, but... Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. So the seats on the coach are bigger than the ones on the plane, yeah. is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, in, like, the coach, I was ready for a scene from the apocalypse, and it was, it was sort of okay. The issues were... Um, the issues were slightly too big for the seats... Uh, which is not great and also loads of stops and every time they do a stop a very loud announcement of where they were from the driver and all the lights going on like in a prison oh fuck of course yeah because they have stops don't they yeah Milton Keynes fuck me yeah and 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 what was the mood like 
on the coach? Were people happy to be there? Were people going? Was it like a prison atmosphere? Were people giving looks to each other like, "What are you? What are you in for?" <laughs> I think. Um, I think there was a different vibe. I would divide the passengers between people trying to get to London overnight for some reason because their lives are sort of hard, and people trying to get to one of the <laughs> airport stops. Oh my god! So there was sort of people who were like on the coach because it was for some reason the easiest way for them to get to Luton Airport at three a.m. or Birmingham Airport at five a.m. or whatever the ungodly hour the stops were. I think it was Luton and Birmingham airports mm. we stopped at. So they were sort of holiday makers who were sort of tired but I guess optimistic about their trips. Um, everyone else was sort of um, quite quite a lot of people making sort of hushed hushed phone calls in non-European languages. Oh, okay. Okay, one of those, yeah. Yeah, where it's sort of like it's 1am and they still have a phone call to make that lasts at least 10 minutes and is quite sort of like, I don't know, it has a sort of tone of like, no, and make sure to remember to, you know, <laughs> that sort of tone. Yeah. Where you go, oh, uh, this is like uh, the sort of underside of the economy or something I'm in. It's like all of us who have like weird lives due to whatever it is, our origins or our jobs and then holidaymakers. Yeah, that's the two groups, I'd say. And what is your day like after a 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. coach ride? Do you get in, do you go to sleep and you wake up at 2? Or do you just power on through to the next night? My, my, what do you do? My knees and my shoulders were surprisingly wrecked from trying to sleep at an angle. Mm. Um, I got one of those neck pillow things, and I just I don't think I know how to work it, or it's too big or not big enough. You kind of clip it mm. around your neck, the big squishy thing. Yeah, I got one of those. I got one of those. And I, 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 I sort of... Fli- I every t- I can't decide on whether it ha- makes it better or worse. <laughs> yes. I've still I've still not figured out whether it's been I've had it for years and I still can't figure out whether it makes it easier or harder to sleep. Cuz like if I've got the padding sort of under my chin and I'm like leaning forward like I'm sleeping with my like head down like I'm praying, then it's like mm. the f- force of leaning on it clenches your jaw for you, which is not relaxing. <laughs> it's just like a jaw clencher. <laughs> Um, so you're sleeping like someone who's trying to contain a spasm of rage, head down, jaw clenched. Um, you're sleeping like you're in a trap in Saw. <laughs> yeah, yes. You're sleeping like someone who's being berated by a superior and you're about to flip out. Um, or you could sort of like, you kind of roll your head to the side, but there's no real purchase there. Um doesn't really work backwards yeah very hard to tell but yeah you're right get home at 7 a.m um knees and shoulders all weird from the coach and then yeah sleep till noon still feel mental for the rest of the day (laughs) and then did a i did a preview at two north sound that eve bloody hell it's a preview boy preview king the king of previews if you want to look at something in advance you talk to me was the pre was the Preston show good? It was quite good. It was um it was difficult because it was in a tent and it was still very much daylight. So you could it was just like a sort of conference really where you could see everyone in HD. It was like a farmers conference. Yeah, it was a <laughs> yeah, it was like a It was a nice tent though. I will say this. It wasn't just like a tent tent. It was like a lot of money had been spent on it by some arts council funding or something. It was all painted on the inside, wooden boards and 
It was more like the oh. sort of thing you set up for the month at the fringe, not just like a gazebo. So it was like a Spiegel tent almost. Very much in Spiegel tent territory. Yes. So I've been doing that. And in fact, as we record now on Tuesday the 28th, I have a preview tonight at uh, downstairs at the King's Head in Crouch End, which if you're listening to this, you've missed. Oh, I haven't been to the King's Head for so long. It's, on, it's uh, one, of my, one of my original favorite rooms. You filmed the thing there? The King's Head. My first ever uh, special that I made myself, I put on YouTube, is there filmed at the King's Head. Sof- is it my sophomore show? I guess so. My freshman show. Freshman show. Sophomore is the second year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. My freshman outing. Uh, yeah, and I still have it up on YouTube. I always think, should I take it down? Because I'm much better now. But I think it's quite nice to have this record of where, where you've been, where you've come from. I don't think it's worth it's worth taking down. Like you say, it's not like it's so... It's like It's not like it's so bad or so strange it's worth taking down. I think it shows legacy, shows progress. Yells, yells. How about you, man? You've been in the woods. I've been in the woods, yes. Uh, this past week, I've been filming Outsiders for Dave in the woods, along um, hosted by David Mitchell, alongside uh, Fatih Al-Ghori, Joe Wilkinson, Jessica Hines, Darren Harriet and Maisie Adam. A stupendous lineup of people, and it was a really fun show. I'll be coming out later this year on Dave, so do keep your eyes peeled for it. It's very fun. We have to complete tasks in the woods, and David Mitchell judges them and gives us badges Ooh. based on our efforts. It's um, it's a fun, it's a really fun time. Do you get to keep the badges? We may have. Ooh. Maybe. Very nice. I can't say too much at this point. Okay. Okay. But do you know what was the best thing was, Pierre? Mm. Was we somehow managed to time a TV show where you have to spend a week in the woods on exactly the same week as Rail Strike Week. Oh, yeah. So I, fucking, I, I, I fucking smashed it. I'm sorry to hear about your coach ride, but I fucking smashed Strike Week. Yes, you did. Oh man, you went like a you were like a prepper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went into the woods to avoid the trappings of modern man. Yeah. I.e. sort of a union action. Yeah, you 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 were like a nervous prepper spooked into the woods by the first sign of any sort of social disagreement. But especially union based. I'm like a nervous oh, yeah. um industry fat cat. You know, like those old cartoons of like a guy, a fat, sweating man with a black suit. Yeah, they're in white and tie. On, on the back is written, like, he's a, like a, got a punch cartoon subtitle in his back that just says industry. <laughs> yes. And I'm like sweating and getting worried about the unions. And I'm so worried that I, I make a, a plan to flee into the woods whenever there's any industrial action. Yes, yes, yes. A sort of a Victorian version of a, of a libertarian. I'm yeah, I'm a capitalist bear grills. I'm share grills. I'm share share grills. That's who I am. Share shares grills. It would be a good nickname for like a particularly adventurous investor. <laughs> shares grills. All right, shares grills. <laughs> uh, uh, we we uh, should sell that. We should sell banter to hedge fund managers. I, I imagine they're not that fun as people, so we, they need help. 
It's true. I mean, that's what that's what corporates are, right? Pretty much. It's basically managers paying for banter. We're going to do it. Because they just can't do it. Yeah. For all your wealth and all your power, <laughs> you can't even muster up the smallest morsel of banter. Well, that... <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing people say about Elon Musk, isn't it? Is that he's like the richest man in the world or close to it or whatever. And he's still like so tangibly what he wants is to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. And and he knows that the, that the people who find him funny on Twitter are the lamest, most boring people in the world yeah because you must know they are not the funny people the funny people don't find if the funny people don't find you funny you know that it's you know it's not working whatever you're doing mm. you got to try harder elon no outsourcing <laughs> yeah yeah you can't uh, yeah you can't uh, you can't outsource your your jokes well, i mean you can really you can pay for writers. Aren't if you pay for writers? Why doesn't he just pay for writers? It's a, it's a, it's a pride thing. Yeah. This is it's a, that's a fascinating thing about jokes and being funny. No matter how rich a person is, no matter how powerful they become, everyone wants to be funny. And if they can't be funny, it's absolute torture and it drives people insane. <laughs> especially men, especially yeah. men, because men tie a lot more of their self worth to being funny than women do. Yeah, it's rare to find in general. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, in definitely. General. It's rare to find a guy at least in the anglophone world who's willing to admit that they have not got a sense of humor or that they're not that funny. Yeah. I mean, I've I've right I've dated a, a a lady who outright said I don't have a sense of humor and I don't find jokes funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand jokes, she said. And she wasn't ashamed about it. It's just like Something about me you need to know. I don't like jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a German would say. Yeah, or or um, a tyrannical despot. <laughs> it's quite like something Joffrey would say, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like jokes, mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Do you remember that year in Edinburgh Fringe where the guy who played Joffrey was at the Fringe and just wandering about seeing shows and hanging out? Yeah, and man. People were posting photos of them with Joffrey and like the artist bar and stuff. It was a wacky time. I passed him a cigarette. It was after he'd been killed. It, it, oh, did you? Yeah. It was, uh, it was just after he died as well in the show. Yeah, he was finally free. Yeah. Everyone had watched him be poisoned to death and then he was just wandering about. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, the actor himself didn't actually die. I also wasn't expecting his thick Northern Irish accent. Yeah, so thick. A very thick brogue. What? Which accents can be described, are allowed to be described as a brogue? I've always associated it with the Celtic ones. Yes, I was about to, uh, yeah, I was just thinking that it has to be Celtic. Would you say a Welsh brogue? I guess, yeah. I'd, sort of, is Irish and Scottish, really. Yeah, I'd accept Welsh, but I would expect a particularly... Oh yes, here we are. Here we are. Brogue is an in, in brogue is an informal term for a distinctive regional pronunciation, especially an Irish or sometimes Scottish accent. Well, well, well. Haven't the boys nailed it again? Haven't the boys gotten out their hammers and nailed it again? <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Okay. I love it when a plan, plan comes together. First use of the term brogue originated in the sort of 15th, 16th century to refer to an Irish accent by John Skelton. Skelly! Old Skelly. Ah. It could come from, because brogues are like shoes, or it could come from the Irish word brogue, which means a hold on the tongue, or thus accent or speech impediment. Yeah, I mean that's that that seems more likely than the shoe thing. How I don't know how the you'd go from shoes to accents. Well, it, brogue brogues are traditionally like Highland and uh, and Irish shoes. Hmm. Mm. Like you wear brogues oh. with your kilt, etc. Oh, I see. I see. I, yeah, I just don't know how that then goes to describing someone's accent as old shoe face over there. Yeah, seems less. <laughs> seems I guess less a shoe like. has a shoe has a tongue. Is that it? A shoe has a tongue, a Phil. A tongue. Or it should. And don't let anyone tell you any different. Yeah, yeah. Are you a shoe guy? Uh, you got some nice... I'm starting to become more of a shoe guy, by which I mean I now buy more than one pair a year. <laughs> I.e. maybe two pairs. <laughs> and if, if, I, if, I buy, if I buy more than one pair of shoes a year, I start to feel like... Lee, slow down here. <laughs> All right, Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, calm down. <laughs> if I buy two pairs, I'm like, come on. There's a Phil K joke, and he's even he's even further down uh, this, uh, further along the spectrum than I am. He has a joke where he, he says he doesn't understand how people can go into a shoe shop to buy shoes wearing a pair of shoes. <laughs> oh yes, I yeah. See that's. I mean, you you and I are very similar in that regard, and that I can empathize with that. I'm the same. We like more than one new pair of shoes a year, and it's like, what? You're planning some kind of uh, some kind of party, or are you going to run a million miles? <laughs> hmm. But there is something fantastic about the feeling of new shoes, and I know this is hardly virgin virgin ground, but it's it, there's something about getting in a fresh pair of shoes that fit you just right. Yes, that is true. Mm, yum. This, ep- this episode is brought to you by shoes. This episode is brought to you by the concept of shoes. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic that we need shoes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Why do we need shoes? Did you did you spend much of your childhood barefoot? I, I certainly did in South Africa. Yeah, running around the house, the cool tile floors, and out in the wet grass. Then the after... It's not the aftermath. Soaking up the... Petrichor, that's it. Mm. The petrichor after a, a monsoon shower, but but no nowhere further than that because then there's pebbles, there's bugs. I guess it's there's stingers. I guess it's different in a bit more jungly place, whereas it was very arid where we were, and you would develop like you develop like over the whole summer these like hobbit feet. You just never wear socks for like months. Wow, really? Yeah, and you'd end up with these like these impenetrable hobbit feet that you could sort of walk over pebbles and stones much more easily because you didn't have the soft virgin souls of a i mean i guess that's how that's how we're supposed to be isn't it yeah that's the original that's how they're supposed to be that's the og way to walk around phil but why is i don't understand the parts of the body the features of the human body that sort of require that kind of sort of wetting i suppose the constant main the constant constant use instead of maintain them I guess. Well, although I say that, although although it, it does apply to everything, like astronauts get muscle atrophy. Yeah, and and if you don't use your bones, they do get weaker. 
No, you're right. And actually, no, I take that back. Calluses on the hands. The body I was does say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I had the, I experienced that with guitar playing when I picked up the guitar and learned a bit. My hands, it was really, really difficult until my hands got callousy, and then suddenly I could play better. And then I stopped, and now they're soft as a a prince's buttock, <laughs> and I can't, I can't play anymore now. <laughs> soft as a bourbon's limp handshake. <laughs> I mean, I told you when I went to get a, a pedicure at a like Korean place in Melbourne, and the lady refused to pumice my feet because my my skin was too soft, and she was going to draw. She would draw blood. Ooh. She was like, "Your." She basically said, "Your life. I'm sorry, sir. Your life has been too easy. I can't do this. <laughs> there is no trauma for me to scrape off. Your your feet. Uh, they are how you say." Um, uh, 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 so weak and delicate <laughs> that they would be wounded by a health spa treatment. <laughs> <laughs> they would be wounded by something designed to help them. That's how <laughs> soft they have become. <laughs> like Mr. Burns. <laughs> like, if he got a massage, he'd just die. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, if I pumice these, you'll bleed. Good Lord. <laughs> What's left to do then for your feet? Um, I guess they just sort of breathe on them. Yeah. Um, dry cleaned, they have to be dry cleaned. Yes, pressed. Pressed. Um, they have be put on a delicate wash, I guess, in the machine. Hand dry, um, drip dry feet. Uh, it's becoming fashionable again, Phil, to have a crease in your feet. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, how was your week, though? Did we, we did we able to survive the rail strikes? I think just about. I was. I've mostly just been little Jimmy previews. Um, if I've forgotten yeah. any, any, let me look back through the week. There's been that many. I did a gig in a car park with a dog. Um, that was good. <laughs> was it? Was the dog comparing? The do- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. I've worked with this next act a whole bunch of times. He's a good friend of mine. He's, he's very funny. He's a very You're going to love it. He's a very good boy. <laughs> <laughs> the big audience of dogs, all like you know, when they stand on their hind legs and try to clap, like <laughs> their hands go together and that kind of praying thing. Give a big round of applause. What would the dogs do? They'd howl, I guess, or they just like bark their applause. Yeah, they wag, just like yeah. Put your tails together. Put your tails. And wag <laughs> for your first act. Band of it. Yeah. So that dog was emceeing. It was all very good. Mm-hmm. It was in a kind of artsy fartsy kind of. Um, is that Ludo's? Anyone who lives near Wood Green in North London, I recommend figuring out if you can still go to Ludo's, L-U-D-O. Um, it's that hipstery thing where it's like a, they make a little bit of waste ground and then it's got some cool shops where you can trade clothes and also get something knit. And oh. there's a, a bar, but it's on an old bus. Oh, nice. Yeah, very cool. Oh, an old bus. I think I've been there, you know. You might have done yes. the gig. Yes. Yes, there's the a gig there. Yes, yes, yes. I have done the gig there once. Luckily for me, it was in the car parky bit that it's all in. No, and it wasn't on the bus as it was originally scheduled to be because I do not fit on that bus. I cannot stand up straight on that bus. 
Wow, really? That's that's literally the reason they had to put you outside? I don't know. I don't know. I hope... They didn't say that, but maybe they just thought, this guy's going to break his neck just standing with his head at 90 degrees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done the gig... Yeah, I've done the gig on bus a couple of times, and it happens more often than you think, folks. Yeah. And I have to do the whole thing like Quasimodo, basically. Yeah, I, I well, I said to the audience, I was glad it wasn't on the bus because I'd have to do the whole gig leaning forward with my hands on my knees like an excited dad. <laughs> like I was trying to G up a dog or a kid. Like, yeah, yeah, you're ready to go for that. <laughs> and it's just quite a creepy vibe, I think, to to hold that position for up to 10 minutes at a time. It's unsettling. Yeah. Uh, where's the yeah. weirdest place you've ever done a gig, Phil? Well, yeah, um, yesterday I did um, a gig um, in a field in rugby, which I found out upon arrival was literally in the, the rugby school. Oh, shit. It, yeah, so it's, it was hosted in the field of rugby school, but like people from rugby town were also there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, was, it was funny because it's the actual school where rugby, the sport was invented. Yes, where, the name, rugby football, yeah. Yeah, two hundred years ago, whatever. Some and I called him this on stage. Precocious little twat picked up a ball <laughs> and ran with it. And I said, I, I said it was rugby is a sport that could only have been invented by a public school boy. In any other case, <laughs> any other kind of school, he, he, the other kids would have just beaten him to death. <laughs> but because he's a public school boy, he just kept on with it. And I said it's very much the boris johnson playbook where if you break the rules once you're in trouble but if you just keep breaking the rules they just become the rules yes yeah that's exactly and right that's all rugby is yeah that's what rugby is <laughs> yeah yeah they just went that's a big lesson from a lot of, of of private schools which is if you're going to break the rules and you do it creatively enough we will let you get away with it <laughs> or if you just ref yeah if you break the rules and refuse to admit wrongdoing yeah you know what? Fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will we, build we an entire that. sport for you. Yeah, we're gonna name a sport after you. Oh, that was uh, okay. Well, that's pretty good, I think. But it's a good show, a really nice show, and um, there were a lot of like um, the students there, and it's um, it's it was strange. It yeah, it's strange performing to like fifteen to eighteen year olds. Yeah, it's very interesting. So so much stuff they just don't relate to or get yet. Because they are so on the surface are adults, but there's nothing like this one. I've got a big, a big bit about buying furniture, <laughs> and I just thought, man, I've changed. There's <laughs> nothing here for these kids. <laughs> you just look into their eyes, and you know that they, you're, you're, you're like someone doing a whole routine about mortgage rates to them. It's just so far <laughs> from their experience. But, well, I was given before the show we, a couple of the actors. We were given a because I kept asking. We were given a little tour of the the house, and it's such a beautiful school. The school, and um, and like everyone has their own study. Oh, to study in, yeah, and and <laughs> and I said this on stage as well. The the head of house at one point sort of said quite sort of seriously, it can be tough on the kids because the teachers here and the, the curriculum is very demanding. And I got so excited. I was like, oh, I wanted to start. I wanted to, I was like, a demanding curriculum, please. Yes, let me in, let me in, let me in. 
and I saw like those blue Ryman folders with oh, yeah. maths, Mister Flebbergebel on them, whatever, and that got me so excited. Like tattered fat folders, full of just knowledge. got me excited. Full of knowledge, full Phil. Of knowledge, yeah. Do you d- did you get all those that? Because like that's something that is missing from from comedy or from m- m- not all adult careers, but a lot is like um, definitively doing well with a number on a task. Yeah, I do miss that. I miss it terribly. And it's why in my adulthood, with all its complexities and nuances and difficult decisions, I love doing things like washing up, laundry, yeah, tidying, banking. Because <laughs> it's just definite. It's just definite tasks with definite answers and a definite end. That's true. I, I just, I, what I wish is that... Um... I got a series of uh, uh, tiny medals for doing laundry, like in a game. <laughs> and I could somehow level yeah. up my laundry skills. I, I like, yeah, but gamification is so powerful. I, yesterday, I've started when I use Waze, the, the, the navigation app, yeah. to tr- drive around. Sometimes it'll say, like, stopped car uh, coming up in how many meters? And then one, when you approach it, an option comes up for you to say, for you to tap and say that's still there or it's not there anymore. And I'll tap still there if it's still there. And you get this little blue gem Whoa. pops up. Really? And a plus two, a little plus two. I didn't even know what it's plus two of, <laughs> but I'm, I'm so excited when I get the plus two. Plus and two? I, then I, plus two. Well, that's good, right? And a gem? Plus, plus two blue? I like blue, and I like plus too. That felt good. And then if there's another stop come, I'm like, oh, it's still there, it's still there, Waze is still there. And I click, and it's plus two, and I feel all giddy inside, like, plus two. Oh, God, that's better than minus two, and it's better than nothing. I, lo- I like plus two. It's oh. pathetic. I'm pathetic. It's I'm a stupid little lizard. All of our rat brains. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I want is to do the laundry for the 10th time and for the noise to go bring. And then oh, imagine. My kingdom for a bring. Yeah. My kingdom for a little bring and a plus two. I do, I do the laundry. I get a plus two and a gem. And I can choose a laundry machine that has a sort of purple glow. <laughs> Level two laundry machine unlocked. Oh, God, it feels good. Shall we gamify some correspondence? Oh, yes. Plus two correspondence. <laughs> Alan. Alan! Oh, God. Ah, I can't help but notice, Alan, that you've, um... With your feet... Yes. Well, look at them. I mean, they're perfect. Pristine. I can see my face in the toenails. Yes. Well, I mean... I mean, how? All of our feet are bleeding, calloused, bloody stumps in some cases. And look at you, standing there like... like a god. And your point is... Well, how do you do it, Alan? What's your secret? I'll never tell. 
what he doesn't know is that I'm wearing a brand new pair of shoes. Yes, shoes. Made from leather, meat, wood, bark, uh, thick grasses, woven of course, uh, bamboo, uh, metal, anything really that's harder than the average human foot. Make a little canoe shape. If a canoe only had, uh, was facing one way, you don't need any back, I guess you could make a whole thing and you put your foot in it and walk on that and not on your foot. No more bloody stumps. Disclaimer, if you already have a pair of bloody stumps, adding a pair of shoes will not make your shoes, your feet regrow. You will still have a pair of bloody stumps. Shoes are available nationwide from Wednesday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ring Correspondence. Uh, Tom gets in touch. Tom, you're the bomb. I'm prob- I've probably done that before, but it's what you got. Tom is the bomb. You're the bomb, Tom. Um, Tom, uh, Tom sort of bumped his his message. Uh, don't, hmm, now I'm worrying that we've done Tom before, but we can't hmm. have, can we? Let me scroll down through the Patreon to make sure that I'm not insane. Uh, I don't think we have. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. So Tom says, Puddle of Bod. Puddle of Bod. I don't think I remember this. Pud, pud, yeah, Puddle of Bod. I don't think we've done that. A small tale I've been meaning to send you for some time. I hope it brings a small slice of levity to your day. Um, Around two years ago, I started my current job. Working in an office for the first time, I slowly became used to knowing, whilst not actually knowing, my colleagues. Hmm. It's true, it's a strange dynamic. Yes, yes, yes. It is a strange dynamic. But an important one. The the country's built on it. The British Empire was built on those relationships. (laughs) I work in social care, and my office in particular, as I'm sure many in the field are, has a male-to-female worker ratio of 1 to 10. Wow, that big. I mean, I yeah. knew it would be f- f- female heavy, but not that much. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm a male. Thank you, Tom. And with around 40 or so total people on our floor, I can safely say I, that I'm at least familiar with the anonymous gentleman whose life I saved this day. Ah. Mm. High odds, yeah. Wow. 
Life I saved. This is intriguing. So there's a one in four or one in three chance he knows who the guy is. Wait, say that again. I don't. I've lost. I've lost track of that. So the ratio is one to ten, and there's about forty people yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Oh right, 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 right. So there's four fellas. Yeah, and he's on one average. of them. So it's probably yeah. one in three, I guess. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So he says, around two months into my job, I went to the bathroom to sit smugly in the comfort that I was getting paid to void my bowels. <laughs> That's a lovely feeling. Yeah. They pay me to shit here. <laughs> I do the accounting for free. They pay me to shit. <laughs> Any work I get done is a bonus as far as they're concerned. <laughs> I entered... <laughs> Do you think um, people who do get paid to shit by fetishists are like, always do your taxes while you're shitting. Then they're paying you to do your taxes. <laughs> um, I entered the first of the two cubicles in the bathroom, and prior to making myself comfortable, I checked the dispenser for loo roll. For you see, this is Clever. not my first pudio. Nice. Very good. There was no loo roll, and so I sauntered into the neighboring cubicle. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. Plus two. Plus two. Bling. After a few minutes of sitting peacefully, another one of the four men, ah, I got it, of the floor, entered the bathroom and proceeded into the first cubicle. Mm. Yes. He then made himself comfortable. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure when it was that the song Hero by Chad Kroger from Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man started playing in my head, but the chorus came around quickly. Oh, fuck. I remember that song. <laughs> And they say that a hero can save us. Not gonna stand here away. So that's in his head. Oh, God, I can't believe I remember this song. Yeah, good work. I hold on to the wings of the eagle. Oh, yeah. Watching the earth fly away. Wow, how many times did I hear that song in 2000, whenever the fuck, that I can still remember the, the tune and lyrics now? A man with famously bad memory. Yeah, wow, really bad. Oh, they there. play that song so much, yeah. And uh, it's in the... Ah, it, it, good flashback. Oh, that's a nice... That's a fun... There you go. Flashback. Nice little taste of the past there. And also, always fun any song in that kind of slightly Metallica <laughs> voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very uh, noughties pop punk and, and sort of pop, like pop metal. Creed. Do you remember Creed? Yes. Uh, what would it... Please come love. I think I'm falling. I'm holding on to all I think is safe. They, I didn't. I didn't realize at the time they were a Christian band. Yeah, sneaky. The word creed, like that. Yeah, that the whole song is about Jesus. Yeah, I I <laughs> I felt a bit cheated, but it's a lovely song. It's a shame because I think the only reason we feel cheated is because we just get told how great Jesus is so much growing up that you just go, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> whereas when it's used to refer to spider-man here yeah, well there we go <laughs> a new hero i don't think i don't yeah yeah i don't think creed ever did a song for spider-man but <laughs> no, it would be no. lovely if they did it'd be very funny to do a sort of christian spider-man where he is still spider-man but it's thanks to some sort of blessing or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they praise Spider-Man, but at the same time warn the listeners n not so much as to make him a false idol. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man is Beware only Spider-Man. the false idols. <laughs> he's powerful, but he's not God. 
Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, godlike power, but he's a man. <laughs> uh, casts a web anytime, but just remember he's not divine. He is. <laughs> he's still but a man. <laughs> That's great. That's Thank great. You. Christian. Um, <laughs> Christian superhero thing. Christian Spider-Man. I realize uh, that we're quite far into the pod and we haven't pointed out the fact that America is now being run by Christian Spider-Man and they've banned abortion. Oh, fuck. fuck. Yeah. Big news. Oh, yeah. We haven't. Yeah. Gosh. Sorry to interrupt one. your email, Tom, but that's, uh, just, I guess, just a short sidebar to say that's fucking insane and terrifying. It's mad. And it's like, God, it's, yeah, how, how are we, how are we going backwards like this? Yeah, very, very Taliban vibes coming from the Supreme Court. Yeah. No, good. Well, well, back to Tom's uh, hero well, moment. There might be something for the, there might be, might be something spicy enough for the bonus part. Yes, that's true. In the VIP area, we'll get into it. Um, but so Tom, right, Tom's got your hero, that's playing in his head, right? Yeah. Um, I heard a scratching of fingernails in the metal loo roll dispenser, and I knew my time had come. Yeah. I proceeded to take loo roll from my own well-stocked supply and send it over the adjoining adjoining cubicle wall. <laughs> like like a friendly ghost yeah. floating <laughs> over, like Casper's coming down. Yeah, woo, woo. yeah, spiraling down. <laughs> Uh, and I decided to send it over the adjoining cubicle wall, raining down upon my friend like a gift from heaven itself. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, like haha! Ha, oh, cheers, mate! Came the relieved voice from his stall. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> ha, oh, cheers, mate! Haha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, mate! A very, a clearly very relieved, but still residually nervous. Haha! Haha! Oh, cheers, mate! came the relieved voice from his stall. I said nothing. My in- <laughs> Which is funny. I said nothing. My inner voice, however, spoke very loudly, and it said, Keep going. Just keep giving him loo roll. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so through small yelps of, uh, thanks, mate, that's enough, cheers, I'm good, yep, <laughs> seriously, I'm fine now. <laughs> you want Lural? I'll give you Lural. That's a funny character. Give you all the Lural in the world. Um, so he's going, cheers, yep, fine, thanks. He says, I continued to let fly gentle birds with two ply wings without making a hoot. <laughs> so these are individual whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. these aren't a roll <laughs> right so he's dealing them like like cards he's he's going like whoosh, 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 whoosh. yeah so yes he's he's making it rain yeah i like the i like that i continue to let fly gentle birds with two ply wings without making a hoot that's nice it's a nice sentence the image of a man being shocked, then scared, then relieved, then utterly confused as he wipes in a hailstorm of loo roll <laughs> provides me with great joy. <laughs> 
The gentleman exited the bathroom before I left my cubicle, and thus I now joyously live in the knowledge that whenever I speak to a male colleague, there is a high possibility that I have showered him in toilet paper. <laughs> and as he looks at me, knowing there is also at least a one in three chance that I was his saviour or tormentor on the fateful day. That's fun. See, people say that men don't look out for each other the way women look out for each other, but it's not true. It's not true. Sometimes we will silently shower another <laughs> with toilet paper in the time of need. Uh, all the best. Keep on keeping on and keep jacking it or don't. I'm not your boss. <laughs> From Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom, for the story about your bomb. Thanks, Tom, for your note about your bomb. <laughs> um, let's uh, see. Yeah, do we have another quick A? Um, this one is a bit of a big A. Uh, let me see. Ooh, this is the thing, is that we've got such... Oh, here we go. A quickie, if you remember a while back, a while back... Um, we were discussing the horror of bacon white. Oh, yeah, yuck. The horror of little white globules mm. that appear when you cook bacon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Joe gets in touch. Joe. Um, let's go. Let's keep on with the flow. Right. Yeah. Uh, Joe with the flow. So Jay, Joe, Joe says, hey, pud buds or pud buds with a U. Oh, nice, yeah. Pud, pud buds. Like wheat puddings? Yeah. You only get bacon white from bacon that's been water-cured, basically filled out with water. Oh. Yeah. Why, is it, why have they done that? Um, I think it keeps for longer, and also it makes it like way more, so that's where you get like with added water or without added water on the back of bacon. Hmm. And that's why bacon right. shrinks if it's, if it's not the fancy bacon. I see. Yeah. So it's a way of making you pay more for less bacon. That's is that right? Right. That's exactly it. Why I order? Um. Wake up here. Yes. Basically, filled out with water. The water comes out of the bacon when it cooks, and some mixes with the water. Somewhat, some fat, maybe. I don't know. Um, mm. to create a smegmine emulsion. Ugh, smegmine is good. That's a perfect word. What a great word. Horrible. Smegmine emulsion. Yeah. That's a... Smegmine emulsion's got to be the name of some kind of horrifying black metal band. Yeah, I was just thinking it's a good band name. Or even like uh, for like backing singers, Phil Wang and the Smegmine emulsion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're all wearing white. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Phil Wang and a Smegmine emulsion. Boop. <laughs> bacon white oh i love you so bacon white you know that moment in those old recordings when the audience cottons on that they that's a song they know yes ba like bacon white and then it dies down a bit I love you so bacon <laughs> And it's uh yeah, Phil Wang and Phil Wang and uh his Smegmine emulsion hyphen bacon white brackets live at Las Vegas nineteen sixty seven close brackets. <laughs> remastered. Rem remastered nineteen ninety eight. 
Bacon White. Ähm. Um. So he says, yes, it creates a smegmine emulsion. If you go to the butchers and get fancy bacon, you won't have that. Ah. Mm. And he finishes with, not very funny, but now you know. Koji. That is that is good knowledge. It's good shit. It's Thanks, good shit. Bill. I had noticed on the rare occasions where I treat myself to a taste the difference bacon, par example, or finest. Mm. Uh, yes, mm. very, very little bacon white and very little shrinkage. Yes, yes, yes. And they, they look more sort of like a, um, what's a thin Italian ham? Like, is it pancetta? It's not pancetta. Parma. Parma. They look a bit more like just thin, dried, a bit darker. Yes, right? yes. There's some darker meat. Substance to them. Well, um, mm. now it's time to uh, scrape off your bacon white and get into the VIP area, Phil. Yes, where we will be tackling topics a little too spicy. Yeah. For the the general the the free episode, so if you want to if you want to listen in on these um, spicy spicy peppery conversations, mm-hmm. do join our Patreon to get access to all the bonus spots, which are fun. They're good. I shit. promise. They're good stuff. I like them. Uh, I think they're very good. The listeners had a little taste of them last week. That's right. Yes, while I was in the woods, a little sippy sip with a long beard, scrabbling through the brush. Digging up Krugerrands. Yeah, eating slugs and and worms and being <laughs> glad of it. <laughs> well, there's none of that in the VIP, so let's let's go there. And thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for coming to all the previews. If you want to come to any other previews, I've posted them on a picture of my face on my Instagram. Yes, London. Um, this week I am do I'm headlining a, sh- a show at the excellent. Moth Club on th- Thursday mm. in Shaw uh, in Hackney, and then f- and then on Saturday I'm doing my a preview of my show at the ARG Comedy Festival in Shoreditch. Lovely. So look that up, ARG Comedy I'll, Festival. I'll be at ARG on um, Sunday night, but it's all fabulous gravy, baby. It's a it's a gr- it's a really really brilliant two day comedy festival in London. Highly recommended, and it's back for first time in like two years, which is nice. Yeah. So do come along. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.